God bless you guys. It's freezing cold outside, if you haven't noticed. We went from like pretty much walking around in shorts and flip-flops to like having to wear the North Face today, right? Like it's super cold. It's crazy how cold it is. But man, thank you guys for braving the cold and coming out. I really appreciate that. And uh, happy Thanksgiving to you guys. Happy Thanksgiving uh, week. This week, I'm sure you guys already have plans and uh, you have plans for, you know, who's going to carve the turkey and who's bringing in you know, all the food and all that stuff. And I hope that you guys have a blessed Thanksgiving day. But as a family, I wanted to come together as a church family. And so we're going to have some food at the end of the service. So please stick around for a couple minutes. We got some food so that we can all enjoy after the service and soda and all that. And we'll spend some time together just as a church family eating together. And then you guys will be spending, you know, the week with, with your family, right? As you celebrate Thanksgiving this week. Well, we're reaching the end of this series. We're almost at the end of it called Under God. And we've been looking at the Pledge of Allegiance as kind of a jumping point for our discussion. You guys know the Pledge of Allegiance. You probably had to say it back in elementary school when you were in school. It says, it says this, I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands. And here's where we're getting the four weeks from. One nation under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. And so today we're going to be talking about indivisible. And as we get into today's topic, what's super interesting is that because of the recent presidential election, you know, our country seems to be very much divided. Isn't that pretty obvious? Right? Our country is pretty divided right now. And you see this as you read the newspaper headlines, as you watch the news, and, and it's all over your Facebook and social media feed, isn't it? You see it all over. The division that's happening in this country. There's, there's protests literally happening all over the country. You know, right here in New York City, they beefed up the security, right, by Trump Towers for obvious reasons, right? Because the president-elect lives there, so they beefed up the security there. What's interesting, one video that I saw this week, I don't know if you guys saw this one, it was on an airplane where there was these two passengers on an airplane getting ready for takeoff, and they're arguing with each other about this very thing, the political argument over, over Trump supporter and Hillary supporter, whatever. The, the airplane pilot actually had to intervene over the intercom to, to stop these guys from arguing on the plane because it became a pretty heated debate all around this year's election. And what, what I've been uh, really been able to experience is the divisiveness that this has caused not only among political parties and Hillary supporters and Trump supporters, but what I've been able to see firsthand is the division that it's caused between believers. It's in believers of Jesus Christ. And this is what we want to talk about today. You know, how can we, as the capital C church, moving forward, you know, now that the election's beyond us, and, and, but as the capital C church, moving forward, how can we remain united? How can we remain united? After all, unity, togetherness, love for one another, was something that was super close to the heart of Jesus when He was on this earth and His teachings. The idea of indivisibility you know, was a central value for Jesus of being united, being 
together. In fact, in John chapter 17, you have this there in your notes. You can also track along up here on the screen. But these are the very words of Jesus. And Jesus is praying for his disciples. And I want you guys to notice what, what specifically he's praying. And actually, he's not only just praying for his disciples. This is what boggles my mind. If you read it carefully, you'll notice that he's actually praying for you and me in this verse. And it boggles my mind to know that Jesus prayed for me. And I could read it in the scriptures. He's praying not only for the disciples, but for those that would receive the message of Jesus Christ through the disciples' message. Okay? So, why don't you guys follow along with me? In fact, why don't we read this verse out loud? It's John chapter 17. It's verses 20, 21, and verse 23. So, it's there in your notes, but you guys can also follow along up here uh, on the screen. Would you guys read it nice and loud with me? Ready? Read. I pray also for those who will believe in me through their message that all of them may be one, so that they may be brought to complete unity. Then the world will know that you sent me and have loved them even as... Isn't that amazing? Look at the verse 20. He says, I pray for those who will believe in me through their message. He's talking about the people that would believe in Jesus Christ through the message of the disciples. Here we are in 2016, believers of the message of Jesus Christ has been passed on ages. Jesus is praying for us. It's amazing. And what is he praying? He's praying for unity. May they all be one. Don't you guys underline that phrase right there in verse 21. This is the core value that he's trying to teach us in this passage, in this verse. But if we're honest, oftentimes what we see in churches all over the world, not just here in Bushwick, not just in the, in, in the borough of Brooklyn, not just in New York City, but all over the world, what we see is a lot of disunity. We see the exact opposite. And isn't it sad, especially in the context of this prayer, knowing that what Jesus is praying for is unity, knowing that in the context of this prayer, isn't it sad that what we see is a lot more uh, Christians that are often divided rather than united. And you see, you see it from, from, from as simple as pet and petty as worship styles. You know, so there's people that are proponents of casual and contemporary, others to dressy and formal. You know, from drums and guitars to organs and hymnals, from exp expositional and topical teaching and everything in between. Like they feud and argue and, and like literally hold grudges against other churches because of something as simple and as petty as worship style. Isn't that crazy? And the list I, can quite go on. That, that, that's a very small list. But it, I, that list can go on. If you just think about it, the people that would be proponents of these things and argue it and, and have it cause disunity, have it cause a separation. And that's why in the context of what we're talking about today, the first thing that's in your notes, this is what we, we need to come to this realization. We need to acknowledge this. That as followers of Jesus, as the capital C church, we desperately need each other. We desperately need each other. You can fill that in right there in your notes. Listen, we cannot significantly impact the world alone. We need to work together. That's why one of the core values of us as a church is that we are all about the capital C church. Because we know that we can accomplish infinitely more together than we ever could apart. This is one of our core values here at Swerve Church. We want to be for the capital C church because we can't do things alone. We could never have a significant impact in the community that we're in, the community of Bushwick, by just simply doing things on our own. We need to partner with other churches. We desperately need each other. And I want you guys to realize 
uh, this, how Paul describes it in, uh, in the book of Romans chapter 12. You have it there in your notes as well. This is what he says. Just as our bodies have many parts, and each part has a special function, so it is with Christ's body. We are many parts of what? Of one body. And we all belong to each other. Isn't it interesting when Paul chooses to talk about the, the body of Christ, when he chooses to talk about the capital C church, he uses the picture of a body. The body representing you know, the church, which is made up of many different parts. Now, I have here my trusty, dusty friend, you know, Mr. Potato, up head, Mr. Potato Head up here. You guys all know this toy. You've seen him around. And I love this toy. Oh, uh, we just lost the arm. Okay, I love this toy. This toy's been around for ages, right? You've seen this all over the place. Everybody's had a Mr. Potato Head, right? But can you imagine, guys, just for a moment, if I was to take everything off of Mr. Potato Head, here goes his nose and... Here goes his mouth and his, his feet and his... And, you know, imagine I just gave you Mr. Potato's head. head just, just the body. What if I just gave you the potato? And I said, right here, have fun with this. You know, what, what fun would, would this be? I just gave you the body. But here, I want you guys to notice that Paul is bringing a... He's drawing this conclusion that the capital C church, the body of Christ, is made up of many different parts and they're all meant to work together. And we need each other. So, you know, without these parts, there's not, there's not much fun with Mr. Potato Head. And this is why we have Mr. Potato Head. You can put him together. Give me a second while I put him in his arms again. Let's put his hat back on. He's starting to look a little better now there. All right, Mr. Potato Head. There you go. He needs eyes. Otherwise, it's just you. All right. Okay, so now you have a body with many different parts. And each part has its unique value. Each part has its unique Works. I want you guys to think about this. Paul has given us this example. Hey, just as our bodies have many different parts, and each part has a special function, so it is with Christ's body. Who's Christ's body? It's the capital C church. The people that have come to accept Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. Collectively, the, the church as a whole, globally. We are many parts of one body, Paul says, and we all belong to each other, and we all belong to each other. And it's so important that the body needs to work together, the body of Jesus Christ. You know, likewise, as the capital C church, we are to work together towards the same mission as the capital C church. Check this out. Did you know that there's 140,000 people that call Bushwick home in this community? 140,000 people stretch across less than two square miles. Less than two square miles, 140,000 people. Swerve Church is not and cannot be the answer to all of Bushwick, right? To all of Bushwick's problems. It's simply impossible. There's too many people in this community. It's physically impossible to reach 140,000 people. But listen, this is why we partner with other churches and ministries across the community. Because we know that we can do infinitely more together than we can apart. And last week I mentioned to you guys that we're going to be partnering with other churches and ministry this Thanksgiving day in order to help homeless and others that otherwise wouldn't be able to spend the, they wouldn't be able to spend the holiday with friends and family or whatever. They're, they're going to be alone. And so we're going to go and we're going to serve those people. We're going to love and serve them. Now this is not an event that Swerve Church is putting on. This is an event that collectively several churches and ministries are coming together 
in order to do this. We're going to do our part. We're going to serve hot chocolate and we're going to help them with the setup and everything. I'll be there as early as 9 a.m. to help them with the setup. Now, I'm not going to be spending there all day. Some of them will be. But if you guys want to do something and join, this might be a next step that you might want to take. In the back of your connection card, you have it there. You can actually mark it off that you want to be a part of this day and help out and partner with other churches. Why? Because we are part of the Capital C Church and we can do infinitely more than we can apart. December 3rd, we're partnering with other churches and organizations to put on a coat distribution. This is amazing because we would not be able to do this apart from the generosity, check this out, of local churches, not right here, but local churches from North Carolina who have donated thousands of coats to churches here in New York City. They donated you know, uh, thousands of, of new and gently worn coats so that we can distribute them to the people that really need them this winter. Isn't that amazing that churches from North Carolina, another state far away from here, are partnering with us so that we can help and serve people in our community. But listen, not only that, you know, what, what would we do if we didn't have a place to host it? We're partnering with Evergreen Baptist Church the, the, the basement that you're sitting in right now, this is Evergreen Baptist, this is their sanctuary, this is their church, and they're allowing us to use their space, and we're partnering with them. They've agreed to partner and allow their facility to be number one, check this out, a drop-off location so that churches all over Brooklyn can come and pick up their coats on December 1st. So we're giving away 200 coats. We're going to have thousands of coats in this building so that other churches from all over Brooklyn can come and pick up and bring it to their church. Isn't that crazy? And two, to be of our venue so that we can distribute the coats and so that we can hand out hot chocolate and, and donuts and coffee and pastries so that we can help or provide a shopping experience for those who participate in the outreach. Isn't that amazing? Because we cannot do it alone. We must partner together. And we need to make sure that we do our part, right? Swerve Church has a part to play. Isn't that right? right? We're, we're one of those arms or one of those, we're a part of the body of Christ and we have our part to play. What is our part? What has God uniquely wired Swerve Church to do? We're going to, and I've said this a million times, we're going to love God, we're going to love people, and we're going to serve our community. Right? We're going to love God and worship as we get together and dig into God's Word and worship and, 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 and to worship to music and lift our hands. We're going to love people. We're going to love each and every single one of you and serve you guys and pray for you and get you plugged into life groups and get you plugged into service opportunities around the community. But then we're going to serve our community. We're going to be the hands and feet of Jesus Christ as we go out to the street, out of the walls of the church, and love and serve the people in this community. We're going to be committed to loving God, loving people, and serving our community. Beyond that, we're going to continue to be an agent of unity and connect with churches and ministries across Bushwick to further extend the mission of Christ. Historically, there's been lots of disunity amongst the churches. You know, of course, not only here, there's no secret, there's been disunity among many churches. But listen, Swerve Church is going to continue to be an agent of of change, an agent of getting people together to partner in ministry so that we can love and serve our communities better. And listen, I love our tribe. You know, I'm glad to be a part of a family of churches through the Southern Baptist. The Swerve Church is a Southern Baptist church plant, and I love our tribe. But we are not Baptist first. We're not Pentecostals first. We're not Lutheran or Methodist or what have you. We're not any of those things first. You know what we are? We are followers of Jesus Christ 
first. We are under the banner of Jesus called to impact our community for God's glory. We're not any of those things first. We are followers of Jesus first. And listen, Jesus gave us a great commission. And in this great commission, he told us where to go. He said, go into all the world. And he told us what to do. He said, preach the gospel to all creation. But he did not tell us how. He did not tell us how to do it. There's only one message, the message of Jesus Christ, the gospel of Jesus. But there's many ways to present that message. There's many ways to deliver. There's many methods. Now, what is that message? That the good news of the gospel is that while we were dead in our sin, God had infinite love for us that he sent Jesus Christ to come and pay the price for our sin. The Bible says that the wages of our sin is death. And Jesus said, I'll pay that bill. Don't you pay it yourself. I'm going to come and pay it for you. And he died in our place, paying the price for our sin. So in his, in his death, he pays the price for our sin. In his life, we are reconciled to the Father, which means our relationship with God is restored. And we have been promised all eternity with him forever that is the good news and that's the gospel message that we're going to present and we're going to share with people listen that message doesn't change but the methods of how we do it has to change so that we can try to reach as many people as possible and listen we cannot do anything by ourselves we need each other we need each other and you know what the world needs us can i can i localize it bushwick needs us Bushwick doesn't just need a healthy, thriving, swerve church. Bushwick needs all the churches on mission, sharing the gospel of Jesus, working together in unity. We need each other, and our community needs us. They need us. And as we continue in the same vein, talking about, man, how, how are we going to work together as far as we working in unity? Number two in your notes is that we're going to err on the side of being for and not against. We're going to err on the side of being for and not against. Not against. If we're going to make a mistake about other Christians, you know, let's believe the best and not just assume the worst about everybody. And as a church, we want to build a place where we can be known, uh, we, so that we can be known for what we're for and not just what we're against. You know, I, I get approached all the time. And people ask me, hey, there's tons of churches in Bushwick, which is true. There's tons of church buildings in Bushwick. And they ask me, hey, so... You know, you know, what, there's so many churches. You know, what's different about you? What's different about Swerve Church? You know, what, what's so different? The temptation, and I'm sure you might have been asked this question too, the temptation is to answer the question uh, with the list of, well, we're not like XYZ Church, right? We're not like them, and we're not like this one, and we don't do that, what they do. And we answer our, that question with a whole list of negativity, <laughs> of negative responses. But here's a good exercise for you, because someone might just ask you, hey, why, why do you find yourself on a Sunday at 4 p.m.? It's freezing cold outside. Why, what are you doing at Swerve Church on a Sunday? You know, and somebody might ask you, and tell me a little bit about your church. Why do you go there? Instead of giving them a comparison list of, of well, well, you don't do this, and negatively contrasting other communities, I want you to communicate what we are for. Let me help you out. Here's what we're for. Swerve is a church that will love God, love people, and serve our community. Just like I said before, this is what we're going to do. We're going to love God, love people, and serve our community. Our mission at Swerve Church is to lead people to become fully devoted followers of Jesus Christ. And if there's people that are far from God, we want to bring them into a relationship with Jesus. And if you're here today, you are a follower of Jesus, then we want to help you take your next step in your walk with Christ. Because we want to lead people to become 
fully devoted followers of Jesus Christ. We will lead the way with irrational generosity because we truly believe it is more blessed to give than it is to receive. And that's why we're celebrating that we give, we gave well over 40 plus boxes uh, at Operation Christmas Child because we will lead the way with the rational generosity and help kids halfway around the world who won't be able to celebrate Christmas otherwise. Why? Because we're going to be generous as a church. And, and, and as Swerve Church, we're all about the capital C church. We're all about the capital C church. You know why? Because we can do infinitely more together than we ever could apart. So next time somebody asks you, What's so different about Swerve Church? Don't lead with a list of, well, we don't do this and, and this negative list. Lead off of what we're for rather than what we're against. Because we're all about the capital C Church and because we're going to err on the side of being for and not against, we can view the church down the street not as competition. All right? The church down the street is not our competition. Listen, I got into a conversation this week with another pastor. And we were talking about church growth and, and whatever. And he started, uh, he was telling me, yeah, one of the reasons there's no church growth is because of competition. And, and I just started thinking to myself, I was like, what, what, you know, what are we, a McDonald's or something? Like, is it kind of, it's not a restaurant. We're, we're a church that's given the good news of Jesus Christ. The church down the street is not our competition. There's people out there, there's thousands of people that are outside with, without, with no knowledge of who Jesus Christ is. And the fact that if they gave their lives to Him, if they surrendered their lives to Him, they would experience the forgiveness of their sin and that their eternity, their eternity would be secure with Him. So the church down the street is not our competition. They're not our competition. Listen, the church down the street and all the wonderful Bible-believing, Jesus-preaching, community-loving churches in our neighborhood are not our competition. Okay? They are brothers and sisters. They are co-laborers in Christ. And we're all about the capital C church. Because we know we can do infinitely more together than we can apart. You guys tracking with me? You guys believe in this? I want you guys to look at this quote from D.L. Moody. D.L. Moody was a famous evangelist. He's old-timer. You guys can uh, look up a little bit more history about him. He's a very well-known evangelist. He had this quote. Look what it says. It says this. You may find hundreds of fault finders among professed Christians, but all their criticism will not lead one solitary soul to Christ. Have you ever heard of somebody who came to the Lord, who came to Christ because they heard so much complaints about the local church, or they heard so many complaints about other Christians that they came to Christ? That's basically what the El Moody here is communicating. And we're about the capital C church. We're all for the capital C church because we know that we can do infinitely more together than we ever could apart. And here's, here's number three in your notes. When we're, talking about, we're talking about unity. We're talking about coming together. Here's number three. I know you guys are hungry and you want the rice and chicken. Here's what it is. All right, number three. We love like Jesus love. We love like Jesus love. Don't get any simpler than that. Ain't that right? All right we love like Jesus love. Look what it said in John chapter 13, verses 34 to 35. Would you guys read this verse with me again? Is that okay? Let's read it nice and loud. Ready? Go. A new command I give you. Love one another. As I have loved you, so you must love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples. If... You love one another. Please underline verse 35. Please, like, triple underline it. Put a star, circle it. Okay, highlight it. Okay, number 30, verse 35 right there. Please put a, put a big asterisk next to it. 
please tweet it, take a picture, put it on Facebook, okay, uh, and uh, record a video. You can upload it to YouTube later on, real nice. Please, that verse right there, because it's a big deal. Isn't it interesting that Jesus didn't say that people would know we were his followers by our perfect theology? He didn't say people would know they were followers of Jesus by our worship style or by, listen to this, our political posts or on Facebook or which party we voted for. He didn't say none of that. No, 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 no. None of that would determine that we're followers of Jesus. He says it would be by what? By how we what? Love one another. That's how they're going to know that you're a follower of Jesus Christ. And listen, Jesus didn't say be right. Be right all the time. Win every debate. Win every argument. He didn't say be right, but he does say that we should be loving, all right? He, here comes a surprising statement. You might have never heard it before. Nobody's ever told you this. I'm going to say it to you right now. You're not always right, okay? I know you, sometimes you go to school, your mom loves you a lot, and she doesn't tell you that otherwise. You're not always right. You don't always have the right answer, okay? You don't, and it's not about... It's not about whether you're premillennial, postmillennial, pre-trib or post-trib, Calvinistic or Arminian. It's not about none of that. It's all about love. It's all about love and how we love one another. How we love one another. Listen, nobody's going to come to Christ over an argument, you know, on a theological issue. But people will come to Christ when they see the love that we have for one another. I'll prove it to you in the book of Acts. I want to show you that what was going on in the early church, it caught the attention of a lot of people that were around them. In Acts, Jesus has ascended into heaven, right? Jesus has already ascended into heaven. The Holy Spirit is upon them and empowers the people there, the disciples and, and the believers to continue preaching the gospel to those that are around them. And check out what happens in the early church. This is Acts chapter 32, uh, verse 32 to 34. It says this, All the believers were, in one, were one in heart and mind. Please underline one in heart and mind there in your notes. No one claimed that any of their possessions was their own, but they shared everything they had. And God's grace was so powerfully at work in them all that there was no needy person among them. Isn't it amazing that they were one in heart, that they were united, they were together in the book of Acts. Amazing. Can you imagine this? I know this is really difficult. Imagine this. This is a powerful image. Can you imagine the church actively loving and serving this would be sure to catch the attention of people all around. If they, people were able to see this, if they were able to see a church on mission, jam-packed and overflowing with the love of Jesus, this would draw people in. I want a part of that. I want to see what's going on over there. Because the body of Jesus Christ is working together. The world, people far from God, they're sick of hearing about Jesus. They want to see it in action. They want to see it lived out. What if we, starting with us, what if we were a church so set on fire by God, so overflowing with the love of Jesus, that it would catch the attention of our neighbors, that they would see the difference in us, that they would see the love of Jesus actively at work in us? What if we were a church that realized that we desperately need each other? We need each other. We need one another here. The churches across Bushwick, we need each other because we were never meant to do life alone. In fact, the enemy would love anything to have you in isolation and to do life by yourself, to keep you separated. Because the enemy is like a lion. What do lions do? Lions like to separate their prey so they can pounce on them and attack. And when you're by yourself, that's what can happen. Our enemy can pounce on us in isolation. And that's why this Tuesday, we're celebrating the closing of this semester of life groups with a pizza party. 
Because who doesn't love pizza? <laughs> like, like Stephen mentioned earlier, right? We're going to celebrate doing life together. Doing life together. This might be your next step. Even if you haven't gone to any of the life groups, check it off. We would love to see you there. Come and have a pepperoni slice or a cheese slice, whatever is your preference. Come with us and spend some time with us and enjoy because we were never meant to do life alone. What if we were a church that was known for what we are for than what we're against? What if, what if, we, if we believed that and, and were the capital C church? What if we were praying and partnering and encouraging and supporting and even equipping other churches in our very own neighborhood so that because we know that we can do infinitely more together than apart? What if we were that body? What were we were that body? What if we were a church that loved like Jesus? This is how people will know how we are disciples of Jesus by how we love, how we love one another. What if we were a church truly committed to loving God? loving people, and serving our community. What if we were that church? It would be amazing. Here's the next step that everybody can take. Take out that connection card when you came in. If you're a regular tender, please just put your name and email. That's enough. In the back of that connection card, there's the next step. And I hope that this is a step that we can all take. And that is pray and work towards unity. We want to be the part of this Capital C Church. We don't want to see a naked Mr. Potato Head, we want to have them all together. We want to be a part of the body of Christ. You know, check that off right there in your connection card. And then when the buckets come around at the end, you have an opportunity to drop that in. We want to pray with you as, as you make that decision. Man, I want to pray for unity. We're going to pray together for that. Amen? You check that off and put that in as, as one of your next steps today. If you're here today and you haven't made a decision to follow Jesus, then you can also check that off in the connection card. We would love to pray with you, give you some next steps, and that's a way that you can let us know. Would you guys join me in, in praying for this? Because obviously, we, everywhere we look around, we just don't see very good examples of this. Right? We don't, there's not a lot of good examples of unity. You know, The election has brought out tons of division and separation. The, the, the country is literally divided. But as the followers of Jesus Christ, being part of the body of Christ, we can experience unity. Because we're all about the capital C Church. Because we know we can do infinitely more together than we can apart. Would you guys pray? And God, I just pray for this. I know that this is a, a tough message, Lord, because everywhere we look around, it seems like there's very few examples of unity. So God, I, I must profess, I, it has to start with us here, God. Help us to start showing unity here amongst each other and amongst brothers and sisters here as a family, God, but also as we extend the partnerships with Evergreen Baptists and other churches and ministries here in this community, Lord. Let it start with us, Lord. Let it trickle, Lord, down to all the churches in this community so that we can together have a greater impact in this neighborhood. Oh my goodness, this prayer, God, might just be prophetic. Lord, if churches were to get together, Lord, we might just be able to, to, to put a dent in the lostness in my, my backyard, my community right here in Bushwick. God, it, might we see it, Lord, in our lifetime? Lord, would you pour out your grace? Lord, would you pour out your love? And we experience your love. And I pray by your grace that we would see some of this in our lifetime. Lord, help us to be a part of this. Help us to truly be part of the Capital C Church because we know we can do infinitely more together than we ever could apart. We give you thanks, and it's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen.